Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, Warriors, welcome to this special Tactical Tuesday. This is a short form conversation with subject matter experts designed to give you practical tools, tips and advice for building your solar business or career. Now, I rarely get into the realm of politics, but today's episode is a particular important opportunity for us to take action. I often use the moniker Solar Warriors because, well, we've been on the front lines of this energy transition, but rarely does it hold more truth than right now in terms of the battles that we have to engage in. Perhaps you've seen my recent LinkedIn posts. I've linked to them in the app description and in the show notes page where we talk about stopping the threat to solar. And maybe now you're following the hashtag save solar. Well, today's episode is focused on what's happening right now in a petition to the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, FERC, by a secretive group called the New England Ratepayers Association, or NERA, as we'll refer to them in this episode. It's aimed at stripping away your solar rights, namely the net energy metering regulations that have stood for nearly a decade as federally approved rules. So have a listen as I speak with Catherine Morehouse of Industry Dive and Glenn Brand of Solar United Neighbors as we unpack what this petition is all about and what we can do to stop it. You'll find more Tactical Tuesdays just like this one over at mysuncast.com. And that also is where you'll find more information about today's guests. And of course, in case you have still not heard about the all new experience that is the Midwest Solar Expo happening today and tomorrow as the first ever virtual solar conference, well, I would encourage you to head over to MidwestSolarExpo.com and use the code SUNCAST25 for, you guessed it, 25% off of registration. Make your avatar and join us in the virtual conference campus where I'll be hosting a daily morning show and moderating panel sessions. But for now, get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, as we tune in to another powerful conversation on this Tactical Tuesday here on SUNCAST. All right, Solar Warriors, today is an opportunity to really put on your shield and raise your sword because we have a battle before us. If you've been paying attention, and you may have missed this anyway, as I did, a secretive group has petitioned the FERC, and this petition could end net metering as we know it. I, today, am going to dive into what is this petition and why should you care? If you've been in the solar industry for any amount of time, You know why you should care. Net metering serves as one of the central theses for why homeowners do go solar and are able to spin their meter backwards. Today, I'm going to be talking with Catherine Morehouse. She covers federal energy policy for Utility Dive and has done an excellent article on sort of an expose of this secretive group, NERA. We're going to dive into that. I've also got Glenn Brand, the Vice President of Policy and Advocacy for Solar United Neighbors. Solar United Neighbors is a national nonprofit dedicated to representing the needs and interests of solar owners and supporters. That's you and me, folks. 
Welcome to Suncast, Catherine and Glenn. Thanks very much. Thank you. Absolutely. It's a fascinating time in solar. Uh, There's so much at stake on so many fronts. Today, we're going to talk about this battle at FERC. I'm going to frame it as a battle because, in fact, the secretive organization, NERA, has submitted a filing with FERC. And we're going to talk a little bit about why we don't know about it, for those who aren't familiar, what it means and the implications and how we can take action. So, Catherine, I mentioned that you wrote this amazing article back in April on Utility Dive a website that many of us in the industry depend on for great coverage of these exactly these kinds of things. Can you give us a, a good framing of what is this conversation about? Who is NERA and what is the petition? I think the question of who is NERA is one that people are still trying to figure out. Uh, the New England Ratepayers Association is, is the abbreviation, and this group filed in April Uh, filed a petition with FERC to essentially ask the commission to treat behind-the-meter sales of energy as a wholesale sale, uh, meaning which which would fall then under FERC jurisdiction. Uh, So FERC, for for those who don't know, they they regulate all wholesale sales uh, in regulated energy markets in the U.S. So this raised a lot of eyebrows for a couple of reasons. One of those reasons is that this would be just a huge change to how net metering works in the U.S., um, and I'm sure Glenn will dig into that more. But another reason it raised a lot of eyebrows was because this group, NERA, they are allegedly, they they say that they're a a ratepayers association, but based on filings that were dug up from Public Citizen, it seems like they might be more than that. I'll back up a little bit. The only other time that this group has filed in front of FERC was back a few years ago, and it was to question New Hampshire net metering policy. And what happened then was public citizen advocacy group and a couple of New Hampshire legislators actually looked into the group a little bit more and said, you know, who is this consumer advocacy group and found that the group has a had an income that year of $245,000, something like that, and 12 members, meaning that membership buy-in was 20000 each. And then further, when they filed this petition, uh, that's, that's a $30,000 charge. And their lawyers are some very would-be high-priced. I, I did ask if they were pro bono. I, you know, I asked a lot of these questions. I think a lot of reporters have been asking questions about their backing, et cetera. But the group has really not returned any requests for comment and really has not given people much information outside of an emailed frequently asked questions um, and, you know, pre prepared statement. So I think that the question of who NERA is is really central to this. Uh, people really want to know who's behind this group because of the implications of this, <laughs> of, you know, making net metering regulated across the country. Catherine, it's really fascinating who this group NERA is. Before we continue to go down the rabbit hole, one of the things that I want to make sure we're establishing is the ground rules or understanding of what some of these acronyms or terminology mean. You mentioned FERC. Mm -hmm. I want to come back to that in a minute. FERC is the regulatory body, as you mentioned. Glenn and the organization Solar United Neighbors spend a lot of time with solar homeowners and supporters of the industry Glenn, can you help us unpack what is net metering? 
the way we look at this and the way we look at all solar really is through a frame of solar rights. You know, we are committed to the idea that is shared widely across uh, America is that people have the fundamental freedom to make their own energy choices. They have the right to go solar without interference from monopoly utilities. And the foundational policy in the U.S. for rooftop solar is net energy metering or net metering. And we feel like it's completely central to the market and for the uh, responsible in large part for the growth of rooftop solar in the United States, for making it as affordable as it is, because it ensures the fair compensation for the clean solar power that solar homeowners send to their neighbors through the electrical grid. So sometimes people talk about it as excess energy, but basically uh, when your solar system is producing, you're consuming what you consume, um, and then what you don't consume can be sent to the grid you get a billing credit for the value of that uh, energy that's sent to the grid. That's simply what it is. And for those people who remember what cell phones uh, plans were, you think of it as rollover minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the simplest uh, analogy. So that's enabled people to uh, recoup their investment on their solar system. So this is not a subsidy. This is not an incentive. This is fair compensation for the power that they are producing when it gets sent to the grid. You know, NERA the New England Ratepayers Association is a front group uh, for utility interests. That's what they have done in Northern New England uh, for some time. There's a excellent article uh, by the Energy and Policy Institute, which looks into who they are, who their funders. As Catherine mentioned, we do not know much about this because they refuse to disclose, but we do know they're very connected, according to the Energy Policy Institute, to the uh, Sununu dynasty in New Hampshire, you know, to be two governors, um, senators there. And they have testified on behalf of utility interests against things like net metering in New Hampshire in particular, but elsewhere, uh, in Maine too. So that's who Nero is. And I, I really encourage people to look at the Energy Policy Institute report because they're the ones I think have done a good job tracking them. Glenn, thank you for that. We'll absolutely be linking to that article from Energy and Policy Institute as well. Catherine, you had mentioned that NERA was thwarted in New Hampshire for a similar, a similar filing that they made. What did we learn about NERA from that process? Do we know who's actually backing the group or what are the assumptions underlying it? We don't know who's backing the group. Multiple you know, public citizen uh, and advocacy group has asked FERC when when NERA first went in front of FERC, they they asked FERC to ask NERA to disclose its funders. And I believe that many people who are filing comments on this petition are similarly really pressing FERC to disclose who is behind this group. One example of people who are asking for uh, near disclosure is there, there are 24 uh, members of Congress, um, all Democrats, um, but did did also urge FERC to do the same. And, you know, like I said, their media has been unsuccessful. Um, I think at this point, really, the only way we can know who's backing them is, is through FERC. But in terms of who may be behind it, I, I certainly won't speculate, but others, others have speculated that many of their arguments are similar to utility arguments. And 
Edison Electric Institute uh, people have made that comparison, but Edison Electric Institute is not commenting on this. And uh, we really don't know what utility stance will be because Edison Electric Institute, who represents IOU investor-owned utilities in the United States, has declined to comment. We don't know or declined to comment on the petition. We don't know if that means that perhaps utilities are torn with how they'll respond to this petition. There are a number of theories. Utilities, we, we don't know exactly how they're going to land on this. And it's hard to say whether they're also behind the NERA petition. So fundamentally to, you know, at the core of this argument by NERA is that consumers of electricity are clients of utilities. Utilities are regulated by FERC so that they can establish prices and charge for electricity that's sold in the United States. NERA argues that consumers actually get a portion in, in excess of their energy produced behind the meter sold back to the utility and that confers upon them the title of utility. Can we unpack a bit how unfounded this is and why we as an industry uh, need to establish a united front to bring not only lawmakers, as you pointed out, but industry leaders to the table to ensure that FERC takes into consideration the solar industry's perspective and position on this. Glenn, I'll let you lead first. Well, the stakes are very high. If, if uh, FERC grants the petition, it would end the policy of net metering as we know it. It would give the federal government control over net metering that uh, states have had uh, a control over uh, for the past near 40 years. It would significantly reduce the compensation rate that people receive for the power that they send to the grid. And that would impact a whole range of solar market variables. Number one, the existing solar homeowners and small businesses with rooftop solar would have the rug ripped out from under them. You know, they just spent thousands of dollars on an investment that no longer yields the returns they expected when installing solar. The rate of new rooftop solar installations could plummet as uh, potential solar owners would no longer be able to get that fair return on their investment. Uh, and then again, as I said, states would lose the right to set their own energy policies. This would overturn several precedents of FERC's giving um, the authority to states to do this. There are other implications we can explore in greater detail, but I think those are the, the main, main concerns. This episode is also brought to you by Adani Solar USA, a fully integrated renewables company from solar sale and module manufacturing to project ownership and operation. Adani has an impressive operating and contracted pipeline of over 14 gigawatts of solar energy projects and recently received the largest solar award ever of eight gigawatts. It's mind blowing. And it includes a single site project of two gigawatts, which itself is tied for the world's largest. No one knows mega scale projects like Adani. If you'd like to work with Adani, go to mysuncast.com forward slash Adani, A-D-A-N-I, and fill out the information request form and we'll put you in touch with their local team. We had a discussion about this when we first talked on this topic. FERC ruled on net metering 10 years ago. It is by and large a state-controlled issue. We've had countless examples, uh, unfortunately, of states like Arizona and Nevada taking this issue to the courts in some cases in our favor, in some cases not. 
what occurs to me is that the timing is really interesting for this. What comments are being put forth as to why now? When Catherine's story first came out in Utility Dive, a lot of our members started contacting us saying, how will this impact me? You know, what's going to happen to net metering in my state? You know, we started to try to figure this out and so that we could organize a response. Um, we did that by creating with our partner Vote Solar uh, a website uh, called savesolar.org, uh, where people who are solar homeowners or solar supporters or people in the solar industry could send messages to their governors and to FERC asking, in the case of governors, to intervene in the case. So intervening in FERC really just means to be a part of the, the, the record, to have the ability to file comments. And we saw a lot of states uh, intervene. Most of those states or state agencies don't indicate which way they are, are leaning in the case. They just say we have skin in the game, we represent a lot of people who will be impacted, and we want to be a part of this and send comments. We'll know on the last day of public comment, which is Monday, June 15th, we'll see the comments and we'll figure out where people uh, come out on this. But I would say there, there's already been an initial response by a lot of people that this is usurpation of states' rights. I think that's a clear theme that we've seen in the public comments to date. I would note that the American Public Power Association has come out clearly against this. They represent municipal owned utilities. NARUC, which is the National Association of Regulatory Utility Commissioners, they have come out against it clearly. Uh, the National Association of State Utility Consumer Advocates has come out against it. A host of conservative energy forum kind of groups. And I know that the Minnesota Conservative Energy Forum, the Iowa Conservative Energy Forum, the Pennsylvania mm-hmm. Conservative Energy Forum, the Conservative Energy Network, and the Ohio Land and Liberty Coalition have all filed for intervention with the clear intent to oppose petition. This is not a partisan fight, as I think what I'm saying indicates. I think a lot of people took notice when the Republican Georgia Public Service Commission chair, Tim Eccles, wrote on Twitter, he published his letter that he sent to FERC and makes it extremely clear how he sees this as a state's rights issue. So there are a lot of people who are opposed to this, not so much because of the net metering stakes, but because of what they perceive as a serious threat to states to do their own policy. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I'd add that you know, this, the fight over net metering has been in some way, uh, it's, been a, it's sort of been a stand-in for other fights about the direction of utilities, about what role distributed energy and concentrated energy have, and the, you know, the fight for a, a new two-way distributed grid. So you know, sometimes we, we, we fight these fights in, in states and utilities um, and we recognize they're complicated issues. But the point here is that they vary considerably depending on the local market, the local government, the people, local conditions. And these, change, these conditions change over time, you know, and that's why rate design and demand response and storage and electric vehicles, are, you know, these things are introduced. And so we have to be nimble and change uh, to understand the cost and benefits as they shift. And that's why uh, a one-size-fits-all approach uh, is unwise and impractical. From what I've heard, it seems that this is not a particularly opportune time in terms of just, you know, legal technicality. It's, it's not a particularly good policy time. As you noted, this net metering has not been an issue raised in front of FERC for years. 
So in that way, I've been told the timing seems a little bit random. One, really the only theory I've really heard for why this petition might be raised at this time is perhaps the group thinks that the current makeup of FERC might be more favorable than previous commissions. And I, I don't, you know, we won't be able to say if that's true or not until I think that the, we see FERC review it and we talk with commissioners and see what, see what they have to say. Um, I know former commissioner Sudine Kelly is working with Nehruk on on their opposition. But in terms of timing, I think that's definitely one of the big questions. And as we mentioned, Monday was the close of comment filing. And on Thursday, FERC has its open monthly meeting. So I certainly will be asking questions about what commissioners think of this petition. I don't know what they'll be able to say, but it will be interesting to see if that is brought up. Lynn, you mentioned that Obviously, this is a high consideration for us from a state control perspective. So let's run through the thought exercise. What happens if FERC allows this regulation to pass? What are the possible ramifications to the industry? What's at stake here? Well, there's a lot at stake for existing solar homeowners who will no longer be compensated uh, at the rate that um, the retail rate in many states or, or something like that. They would have a dramatically lowered a compensation rate for the power they sell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very clear that that would impact the solar market in two ways. Number one, it would the rooftop solar would be a less attractive uh, investment for people. They couldn't get a fair return. And so that's uh, going to discourage uh, potential new customers from being a customer. I think there are a lot of questions that we don't know uh, the impact. Um, so the ones that I've heard raised that I think are credible is that how will rooftop system owners be taxed differently if they're regarded in effect as utilities? What additional tax burdens will they will they have to deal with? Will net metering become a national buy-all, sell-all system uh, at wholesale rate? We don't know. Will there be any grandfathering? Will, what will happen to net metering caps and interconnection limits across the, the United States? What will happen about community solar? And then I think, and this has to do with the, the why now Time. I can tell you the public comments that we've seen so far, many register their dismay and their anger that this is taking place during the economic crisis. So we have already solar jobs and businesses being stressed. Um, and then here is a major threat um, that would all in, in, introduce uh, regulatory uncertainty into the program. I mean, let's be clear, every sing- if they grant this, every single state would have to go back to the board. and. Um, uh, undo what they have done. The Arkansas Public Service Commission uh, noted this. They spent years and hours and hours putting together their policies. They are much opposed to this idea that it would all be undone by Washington. We don't know the answers to a lot of these questions. We know that they represent potential threats and certainly regulatory risk. We, uh, we are arguing that it is fundamentally unfair what they're considering doing. You know, this thing will be argued uh, on the legal merits, of course, and FERC has already established a precedent where uh, states have the right to regulate uh, their own net metering policies. The fallout of something like this will take years to untangle. Um, we're hoping FERC will simply not even take up the petition and dismiss it outright. That's, that's what we're asking. You know, I want to tag on to that. Uh, as you pointed out, the Arkansas case I see this as an attack on not just our industry, but our public dollars, because 
countless states have the same exact position. Hours of public uh, inquiry, uh, public dollars funding our government agencies to already established regulations will be undone. But beyond that, the years, as you put it, that we have to now untangle this represent even more economic burden on our already taxed, taxed in stressed way, uh, government agencies who will have to untangle and, and redo this effort. It seems like a shot in the foot for our government agencies and for our industry. So the question then remains, how can we help? What can we do right now? We've got the information, we've got the ammo, we understand what's going on. Catherine, what's next as an industry? Well, definitely what I'm looking forward to or looking at is obviously the comments filings, um, but then on Thursday, FERC will have its open meeting and I, I don't know if this is on the agenda, but certainly certainly reporters after the meeting will be, I'm sure have, I'm sure have a lot of questions about this petition. And so I would definitely encourage people to tune into the open meeting in case, in case it is brought up and, and encourage people to consume your local energy news after, or really your, I guess the national energy news, but <laughs> I would encourage people, uh, you know, the public comment period closed on the 15th on Monday, but it's not too late to actually uh, give voice to uh, how you feel on this. It's important for both customers and for solar businesses to weigh in. And even if they can't weigh in before the public comment, they can still weigh in through safesolar.org. We go to that website. There's a, there's a section for homeowners, for solar supporters. There's a section for solar industry. We encourage the solar industry, and we know many of them have done it. We've done webinars with them, for example, uh, encouraging their customers to get involved uh, because that's really what we need to do is to mobilize a grassroots army of solar homeowners and solar customers with community solar to assert the power that they really have. Uh, as I said, 2.2 million net metered systems in the United States. That is a lot of people. Um, and of course, we're not going to get 2 million people to, to take action on, on something like this. But if we can get tens and tens and uh, thousands, and we already have, uh, I think it's going to, we hadn't done the final, we haven't done the final calculations, but we had uh, close to 25,000 people send in public comments, you know, and talked about their systems and talked about their business and what's at stake and what would happen. These are the voices that FERC need to hear, need to hear from. So I would encourage uh, solar businesses and individuals who care about this to go to safesolar.org. We're going to keep the petition up because we know that um, there, if it's not dismissed, that this is going to be the beginning of a long battle. And we're going to want to engage those people. Is there a hashtag that you're using, Catherine, or that we have created? I have not seen a hashtag, but if you are an avid energy Twitter user, I would just encourage you to search near a petition and I'm sure tweets will come up. One, one person I would recommend following actually is Ari Pesco, who works for the Harvard Electricity Initiative. I think that's what it's called. He's been very active on this and I, I've been going to his tweets for a lot of uh, my own news and he's following this issue very closely and is keeping his followers informed. So that's where I would encourage you to look. And we're using hashtag save solar. Well, there you have it, solar warriors. We've got a fight on our hands and it's time to pony up, not just your time, but your interest in this. We've got to, we've got to take a stand. I would encourage you, as Catherine said, 
to take to Twitter. Obviously, energy Twitter is the hashtag that many of us use. I will link to Ari Pesco's Twitter account for those of you who use Twitter as a, as a news feed and are interested in that. Don't forget to use Save Solar. Also, uh, if you, like me, prefer LinkedIn, we'll be sending these messages out on LinkedIn. Encourage you to share them and to rally the troops. This is the time to reach out to your customers, as Glenn said, and put the message out. I would encourage you to check out savesolar.org. Also, we will be linking to Catherine's article on Utility Dive, which is a treasure trove of information. She's got another updated article that gives us even more information. And get on that call on Thursday. We'll link to all of this, of course, in the show notes. So I encourage you to go check that out at mysuncast.com. Glenn, Catherine, thank you so much for helping us understand and unpack this critical information. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Well, it's time for you to take action, Warriors. As we mentioned, you can head over to savesolar.org to sign the petition and to learn more about this initiative. And of course, check out the show notes of this episode at mysuncast.com if you'd like to get the link to join the FERC call this Thursday that Catherine mentioned. You can also find links to read more of Catherine's award-winning writing and to see what other initiatives Glenn and Solar United Neighbors are taking up on behalf of solar advocates and consumers nationwide. That's a wrap on this conversation, Warrior, but I do hope that we'll see you back here on Thursday for this week's long-form interview. I also encourage you to check out other episodes of Suncast and let me know what you think of these shorter-form discussions. Do you want more like this? We've got hundreds of episodes, resources, and highlights from these discussions, along with the social media links for each episode guest, book recommendations, and so much more over at mysuncast.com. And that's also where you'll find other ways to engage with our Suncast tribe, like subscribing to our weekly tribe-exclusive emails or even joining our exclusive inner circle of infinite learners and clean economy champions we affectionately refer to as the Guild. If you're on Spotify or iTunes, I do so appreciate your rating and review so that others can also find Suncast more easily. And a special thank you to our sponsors who help make this podcast possible. You can learn more about them at mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor, as well as learn more about becoming a sponsor if that's something that you're interested in. You can follow the links there as well to any of the offers that we've discussed about any of our sponsors here today. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle. 